Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at This podcast is brought to you by the Showtime original Personality Crisis, One Night Only. Directed by Academy Award winner Martin Scorsese and Emmy nominee David Tedeschi, Personality Crisis, One Night Only celebrates the enduring cultural legacy of David Johansson's life and all of his personas. From his days as a pioneer of the punk rock movement, leading rock band New York Dolls, to his reinvention as Buster Poindexter, the chameleonic Johansson created a genre unto himself. Featuring a live performance, Personality Crisis, One Night Only is a testament to a performer who challenged the world to think about identity differently, changing music forever. Personality Crisis, One Night Only, streaming April 14th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. I'm Amara Jones. Every day, the attacks on trans kids grow louder, and more anti-trans bills keep moving through state legislatures. In this season of the Anti-Trans Hate Machine, we're going to illuminate how the right wing has fueled these bills by generating a breathtaking and wide-ranging disinformation campaign. It's spreading like wildfire on the internet. It's then being discussed by families and churches. None of this is an accident. It's a strategy to delegitimize trans people and create a world where existence is a question. Subscribe to season two of the Anti-Trans Hate Machine, a plot against equality, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more.
<laughs> Hi, friends. <laughs> Welcome to the Helping Friendly Podcast. This is episode number 41. Um, I'm here with the best pal of all, RJ. Hi, RJ. Hey, Brad. And um, I'm Brad, and we're uh, episode number 41 is going to be about Coventry. And um, we're a little late, maybe like a week late, but yep. we're just going to chat a little bit about Coventry and what it meant. And RJ has a little clip um, that he recorded a couple months ago with the group that he went with um, 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, you guys were at the beach recently and all together again, and so you decided to, to chat about Coventry. It's crazy it's been 10 years ago, but it's not crazy when you like go back and think about, you try to remember the details, and I'm just like, oh, dude, I can't really remember much, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, that actually comes through in the chat that we did. I, I was oh, nice. Just, you know, it's like, yep. I think this happened, I think this happened, I think this happened. So, mm. But yeah, I mean, we thought it would be cool to like, play our memories i think it's interesting because coventry is so i mean the music was so bad and brad you and i like went back and forth on whether we should include music mm-hmm. or not and part of it is that there's no good sound quality versions out there because yeah i was surprised that they there's no live like soundboards released which i mean it makes sense for them yeah basically soundboards. Ev- everyone's been trying to forget about it for as long as possible yeah even them even the band <laughs> even the band yeah and the other, here's the other thing like there's a bunch on YouTube, right? And so basically the only stuff I've listened to is on YouTube. Um, just throughout the years, like looking up a clip or, you know, thinking about the Jaboo or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or the Waiting in the Velvet Sea. You know, those things that really like stick out in my mind. You can find them on YouTube. And now with Fish Tracks, you can find them there too. But it's also fun to watch. So um, Yeah, it's crazy, man. Um so we'll so we won't do music, but we will, Brad, do um, mm-hmm. a conversation with some pals and some music after next weekend when we'll be going to Dick's, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's gonna be so, awesome. Um, but what we were thinking, and um, this might be a fun thing to do, is if we put a clip at the end of this, and um. If someone wants to reply to us on Twitter what that clip was and they get the exact like date and song and all the all the details, then maybe we'll if we see you and you're going to Zix, we can um give a little like congratulatory gift along with a high five. Yeah. Hey, and I have an idea, Brad, fun. that we on the spot. What how about if we do it for the intro and outro jam for okay. the episode? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. So we'll put some music, music in yeah. That sounds great. By the time people hear this, us talking, they will have already heard it, but then they'll get a chance to hear it at the end, too. If it's only like 30 seconds or a minute, it's a lot harder to guess than like a five-minute clip from the, you know. Yeah, man. Well, people got to step up. You're at gin, right? Yeah, I mean, people got to step up on on their nerditude, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, some people don't, but some people do. All right, well, let's do it. So if you can guess the clip that you just heard at the beginning and that you will hear again at the end. You'll get high fives from me and Brad and a hug. Dude, so sweet. And some other stuff, too. And some other stuff at Dick's, but you have to be going to Dick's. Yep. And if so not, you, you, can, to... you could tell your friend to tell us, you know. There's a lot of ways yeah. that you could win this contest that we just made up. <laughs> yeah, that's a sweet contest. <laughs> so um, Brad, Brad, what's... Yeah. <laughs> given that you weren't part of the conversation that we will hear shortly, what's, yeah. what's your... I mean, I actually was talking to Rachel and... I remember seeing you there um, before, mm-hmm. maybe before the second show. It was but the second we, night. We literally saw each other for f- like four minutes for the entire weekend, which is kind of weird. But that was just because there weren't really cell phones and there wasn't service and it was such a disaster. So yeah, tell me I what you I had remember. a cell phone, but it just, it, you know, it was a cell phone like when you called your parents with or whatever, you know. Yep. Yep. It wasn't like instant contact. We were put into the venue... Um, Friday night, like during sound check, uh, it was pouring rain. We we left like Thursday night from uh, Toledo, in Ohio, and um, drove through the night, and then got to got to like St. John or St. John's, I can't remember, um, at like three p.m. maybe, and it was already like it was raining like cats and dogs, like it was fucking nuts. Um, and we just sat there for a while, and we sat there and sat there, and then the sun set, and then we decided to party a little bit, and then we all fell asleep, and then at like whatever o'clock in the morning. Um, Friday morning, I think it was, dude, no, 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 Saturday morning, um, I'm so confused, yeah, Saturday morning, I think, we, we were drugged in, dragged in 
to the field by a tractor, like a little like twelve year old kid in like overalls and no shirt with like mud <laughs> boots on. Put like a chain around the whatever underneath the van that we rented. That's crazy. And, like dude. pulled us across the mud field and like put us on like a little bit of like a, a raised section in this field where there were like maybe I don't even know, maybe like twenty or forty other cars um that they decided was like dry enough to put cars and they put us up there and we were close and like it was our little group and then there were some they put some pallets down like to the main walkway from our little like perch and that was our spot for the weekend we were kind of isolated um and it was quite a hike to the field actually from where we were and i i think we were some of the last people to get in as far as i know i mean i don't know I just watched a video like last week on YouTube about like some dude. It was like eight minutes long, about how he like played the clip from Bunny of Mike being like, "Listen, I'm sorry, sucks, but we got to turn you around." Oh, really? And then like, yeah, and then like the Vermont State Trooper getting on, and, like Sergeant McCauley, and he was like, "He's like, hey, I'm from Vermont." And then, um, <laughs> we, sorry, we like gone over all options. Like, you got to turn around, but they clearly didn't go over the option of like people just abandoning their car, right? <laughs> they just like didn't think people were gonna do that. Yep. And that's Maybe? what that's what happened. Yeah, so what it came down to is that everybody was just like, all right, like we'll just pull over to the side of the road and walk in. I mean, how long how far did you guys walk? S- 7 miles. 7 miles. So yeah. this dude on like YouTube was like 20 miles or something, which is it's crazy. Insane. So I mean, it was insane um, the whole thing no matter what. It was just ridiculous, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were real lucky to get in. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. With the car and like, did. and we had you know a home base or whatever. I can't imagine, not you know your home base was like a tent. You know you didn't really have everything you brought, right? You had to leave some stuff behind. So, if you walked in, at least is what I mean. But um, yeah, it uh, it was it was a crazy time, and then the music was what it was, right? And it's not. I mean, you guys kind of talk about it too. It's not completely like it's it left it left a bad bad mark on the brain. Yep. But if you go back and and look at it, it's it's not all bad, man. You know, I had some great times with great friends, and like we hung out and did a lot of cool stuff and saw the beautiful, um, you know, northern Vermont in the area, and um, there were some there were some jams that that were worth it. I don't know if I'd do it over again, right? If you knew what was coming, but I'm glad I did it. Yeah, 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 man. Um, it was there was like it's just so weird. It's so weird to listen to and to try to enjoy. Mm-hmm. It was hard um, going back and listening to it. It was like actually difficult to enjoy. But there were like a yeah. few little gems, other than the composed parts, which were clearly horrible. Like the jams, they they could jam back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean the the Reba jam was great. The um, split open and melt jam was great. The ACDC was great. The mm-hmm. um, the Jabu the Jabu jam was great. But did yeah, you, the, did you say melt already? Yeah, that melt was like after the oh man, I love that. Yeah, so anyone was, anyone who wants to listen back to Coventry who's listening to this and is sad that we don't have music on this episode, you should go to fishtracks.com or the Fish on Demand app and listen to those four songs. And mm-hmm. you're pretty, and if you want to, for like sadness purposes, you can listen to "Waiting in a Velvet Sea" and "Glide," and then the last song, "Curtain With," and you can hear Trey tell the same story that he told the night before. Oh yeah, I want to talk about that. Yeah, so it was like it was two nights in a row, right? It wasn't like yeah, it was two nights in a row. Right, it wasn't the same story in the same twice in the same night. It was like he told it. The, what, what? When did he tell it the first night though? I don't remember. Um, I don't remember. Either. Must have been made. I think it might have been before David Bowie. Um, yeah, sounds right. Because he composed it then too, right? Yeah, I think so. And Same time. We'll get in trouble because I said David Bowie. So what's up now? What's up now, Nola Sachs? What's up now, guys? Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. He but he did tell the same story twice. And Rachel's. I think maybe we talked about this in our conversation. But Rachel's like the most annoying thing that ever happened was when he was like when Trey went out and stood on the rocks during Harry Hood and was like. You guys can all go back to your campsite and talk about how different it sounds when we're like jamming on the rocks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole That's thing was just like a complete shit show, you know. I think it's telling, um, uh, you know, about the state that Trey was in, right? The bad place, and in, in like the waiting in the velvet seat page, just like couldn't keep it together. Like he was yeah. full of emotion, and and Trey on his 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 with his current state then just didn't have those emotions. You know what I mean? Like. 
Yeah. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think he was he was because um, those drowning those, his emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those and and specifically, and I'm not an expert, but speci- specifically, those drugs kind of like take those emotions out of you. That's what I hear. But now we're back. You know, ten years later, everyone's ha- happy and healthy and having fun. Mm-hmm. So let's make this, let's make this the last time we talk about Coventry. That's fine. What do you think? I mean, we'll probably talk about it in ten years. That's true. As a twenty-year <laughs> episode seven hundred and sixty-two, can see it. Now. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. Um, well, Brad, we'll ever go back to Coventry. Well, what fish? They haven't had. A, I mean, yeah, like other than the festival eight, right? But yeah, has has been the one during three point Other festivals during three point Super Bowl and and then Halloween Indio. I think that was it. Um, Jazz Fest, but it's not really there, yeah, right? I mean, I don't think it right. counts it the same way. No, it doesn't. But but there's like people really want them to play a festival. Yeah, I mean, I I I'd like the the whole jazz fest thing better than right because uh, I don't know. I'd rather see a variety nowadays. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I love jazz fest is fucking great. But and I plus, also like, wouldn't three, mind like a fish festival. I mean, Dix is going to yeah. be kind of like a festival except we're I was just going to say like a three night run at at Dix. Yeah. Is basically a festival, and and basically now one-off shows are rare. People are like, oh, it's a one-off show because there's, like, during summer there weren't many one-off shows. I mean, there were, you know, but back in the day, say, you know, '93, '94, when they played one thousand shows in a year, they were all one-off shows, right? Because they'd go from Dayton to Louisville to Nashville to you know whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bigger tours, they, yeah. Those are all inaccurate statements but you know what I'm getting yeah at. yeah no I know what you mean yeah you're right well all that matters is that like we get to go see them next weekend so it's very true it's pretty sweet um um do you think that it'll rain next weekend no you think there'll be mud nope okay cool do you I no I don't think so I think Denver's amazing and if anything they'll be like a one of those thunderstorms in Denver but they're really beautiful cool awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> um all right, well, should we get into this chat and then just let people go back to their lives? <laughs> <laughs> we are happy to partner with Cash or Trade, and guess what? I just completed two transactions of selling tickets for dicks on Cash or Trade, like five minutes before we started talking. Nice. You're trading, though, right? Or um, Yeah, I traded one, and then I sold my um, stands tickets for that I had extra. So you did cash and trade. I did cash and trade, and you know what? It was easy, and everyone was cool, and it was, you know, it's a cool thing. Everyone should use it if they're trying to buy or sell or trade tickets. I've only used it a handful of times, five or six times, but every time it's been really fun, and the dude's been really nice. It's all been males for some reason, but they've all been really nice, and um, and, and, um, it's positive. Yep, sure is, man. Um so everyone should um, review us on iTunes and we're on Stitcher Radio too so you should review us on the, that yeah oh and hey next week we're going to be on um, Sirius XM oh yeah Jam On yeah good call forgot Dude, about we, that we picked some jams for Jam On and we're just we're just going to yam it out we are going to jam dude we should note that they only let us pick two fish jams yeah because we tried to do three it was pretty like, sorry. it was pretty hard actually because of the what they had access to and what the rules were but Yep. Brad, do you want to talk about like what our approach was to to crafting our show? Yeah, I think it was um we wanted to play an old fist jam and then like an off song and then a um uh, uh ninety seven or ninety eight fist jam, ninety seven fall specifically. And then um we wanted to play a three point jam. Oh, and then obviously like the fourth so we were given five slots. Yeah. First, we want to do the old fish jam, like early, and then an off song, and then a fall '97 jam, and then an off song, and then a 3.0 jam. But we were told that we could only do two fish jams, and so we took the 3.0 out because we assumed that um, people who were listening to Jam On probably were up to date with fish in yeah. 3.0. So we tried to pick some one that we really liked and one that we thought was like an old time, you know, Hall of Fame type jam yeah right yep that, that's what i think i think it was fun it was um a very much shortened version of what we do here but but it was yeah fun. the dudes were really nice though yeah. um those guys were super 
easy to work with and and um they got they got a good thing going on there yeah definitely and if people who are listening want to do it i think you just email them like search you roll your own sirius xm jam on and um yeah it's awesome um so brad let's get into it and um let's let's see each other next weekend and then we'll do another podcast after um dicks yes can't wait cool all right see you all there hope everyone enjoys the conversation and um let us know what you think about that jam that you heard at the beginning that you'll hear again at the end okay bye 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 (laughs) (laughs) this podcast is brought to you by the showtime original personality crisis one night only directed by academy award winner martin scorsese and emmy nominee david tedeschi Personality Crisis One Night Only celebrates the enduring cultural legacy of David Johansson's life and all of his personas. From his days as a pioneer of the punk rock movement, leading rock band New York Dolls, to his reinvention as Buster Poindexter, the chameleonic Johansson created a genre unto himself. Featuring a live performance, Personality Crisis One Night Only is a testament to a performer who challenged the world to think about identity differently, changing music forever. Personality Crisis One Night Only, streaming April 14th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York. A podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Approaching the 10-year anniversary of Coventry. Um, so before we start, can everyone just introduce yourselves? Yeah, I'll go first. This is Rachel, Arda's wife. Hey, I'm Liz. Hey, this is Mary. Chad's over there, too. Say hi, Chad. Hi, Chad. <laughs> um, so we, we want to have a quick conversation about Coventry. We were all there together. It was insane. Um troubling, harrowing, but also somewhat delightful experience. Um, so let's start from the beginning about how difficult it was to get there. What do you guys remember about getting in or just getting there generally? Um, it's funny, we've been talking about this over the past couple of days, and it's, in some ways there's a lot of things that I don't remember very well about it. Like it was such <laughs> a chaotic, insane situation. But I left New York City with a group of friends in an RV, and then converged on the highway with my sister and her boyfriend who were coming from South Carolina towing a pop-up camper that they had like paid many tolls for to have a second axle or whatever to come through <laughs> many tolls. And we converged on the highway and then there was a whole thing about trying to chase down beer because we kept missing the deadline to buy beers in the various state lines that we crossed. And that was a tragedy of us trying to figure out how we were going to have beer on the way there. In the refrigerator in your pop-up paper. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and that didn't happen. I think we never, I can't even remember that detail, whether we actually got beer in the end. My my recollection is that you got beer and had to leave it at the pop-up I camp. think that's right. I think that's what happened. I also had the recollection <laughs> that you spent the night somewhere so you could wake up first thing in the morning and buy the beer, which is... If you had driven straight through, you wouldn't have had to leave the camper. I think what happened, though, is that we split off at that point, and some people stayed to buy the beer, and I don't think they ever got into the show at all. So we were all, anyway, and after all that craziness, we obviously ended up on 91, right, or 89? 91. 91. Um, In the crazy traffic jam where we then, like, sat and slept off and on all night and, like, took turns to the driver's wheel and mostly, like, got out and hung out with friends. I, like, ran into old friends on the side of the highway and we were, like, jumping from car to car and, you know, whatever, hanging out. It was, like, a big, giant party on the side of 91, except we were all listening to the radio and trying to figure out if we were going to be able to get into this epic show or not. Um, and Which then, of fish course, did come on the radio. Oh, all night long, And tell yeah. people to go home. Yes, but there was also, like, updates even before that, and everyone's, like, asleep-ish and partying and hanging out on the side of the interstate, like, listening to the radio and trying to figure out what the hell was going on. And at some point, I have no idea what time of day it was... I guess it was... It was late at night. Was it? We were... You mean, like, when they came when on? When they actually when announced Mike it, When Mike came yeah. on and canceled the show? Yeah. It was, like, not 11 o'clock. At night. At night. And had I been I there think. already a full day and an... Maybe. We, I, yes, yeah, I, I think, think so. Yeah. Yes. Because we had driven from New York, 
and had the craziness with the beer and whatever. And then we spent the night on the interstate for sure. And then like hung out. Anyway, it was a long ass time before yes. we decided that we were not getting into the concert. Chad and I drove from Burlington. <laughs> Your husband's on the floor. Someone, someone just fell the into the upside down area of a kiddie pool. <laughs> Kids are not in there. Oh man! And they're sleeping. Chad and I, uh, thankfully the kids are not in there. Chad and I um, went to Burlington and met up with Zach, and um, drove. From Canada. Yeah, I think we were doing some kind of road trip in Canada, and we hopped um, in our couple of cars from Burlington and drove on back roads. And so we did eventually have to get on 91, but much later than everybody else did, so we avoided a lot of the traffic that way, but we still... Much further north, you mean? Yes. Not later in the day, also earlier yes, in Yes, much later on 91, yeah. yeah. So we um, definitely did the, like, sit on the highway thing, but ours was, like, still... There was some back road we were on where we were stopped, just all cars parked, and it was basically, like, every hour or so, you would get in your car and you would drive, like for one minute and then you would stop and park again <laughs> yeah and zach had um a rigged up something perk, a particular perk yes <laughs> <laughs> zach had rigged up um some kind of electric contraption plugged into his car lighter so that he could get enough electricity to um, make fresh margaritas in a blender that he was <laughs> plugging into his car so we had margaritas on the side of the road if I remember correctly, he had to like rev the engine to make the blender actually go. <laughs> to be fair, and, and he never meant to make any money from selling margaritas. He just, no, he just wanted to hang out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was definitely not yeah one of his industries. Certainly. No. So, but we ended up getting in before any of the music started, but it was definitely a shit show and just kind of like all of these announcements about how they were going to cancel the show and all our friends were in different places and we didn't know who we were going to be able to hang out with inside. Yeah. If, was like, there cell service? That's the thing that I don't really phones? remember. There had to have know. been because otherwise how the hell did we find y'all? Because yes. we found you late. Yeah. I don't know. What year was it? Did we say? 2004. 2004. Yeah, we definitely had, yeah, we had cell phones, phones. But there were service issues. They yes, worked there were service issues. Yeah. yeah. I remember walking over to a fence to make it work. Like, yeah. A, yeah. Like I remember being like, shit, are we going to be able to even find these yeah. people when we get inside? And so, then, then it turned out that y'all y'all were in the strip of actual like concrete. Yes. Which would have normally been kind of shitty, but in this particular situation, since the entire place turned into a field of mud, yes. it was, it was a actually very desirable strip of concrete. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mary and I actually unpacked our entire car, and we were on like a like two months of traveling, or six weeks, or some long travel trip, and we actually unpacked our entire car into our tent, set that up, and then slept in the back of the car. Yes. You guys were lucky. With tent placement. Yes. Like that you didn't have to sleep on the ground. Rachel and I slept on the ground. Yeah. On the concrete. I remember yeah. your it shoes not coming On the concrete. The whole yeah, my, I did not take my shoes off the entire time. And then I threw them immediately in a garbage can when I left. Um, <laughs> right. so Let's you talk had, about the mud. Yeah. Oh, so wait, people didn't have the luxury of shoes yeah. because yeah. they lost their shoes right away. That's right. true. In the mud. Who? But you had a really I easy trip. I did some people. Oh. No, I did not have an easy trip, but um, RJ picked me up at... Um, or where did you meet me? Well, Jason picked us up in Burlington. Yeah, so our friend picked us up in Burlington. I guess we're leading, we're leading, building up to your trip. But um, the way that our day and I got in was actually less stressful. I think that way less stressful than yours. Um, we drove the back roads from Burlington, and we never thought that we weren't ever going to make it. We just were listening to the radio and had and heard a couple times about how it was canceled or whatever, but we never gave up. Um. And the road that we were on was, like, very packed, but never, like, impossibly so, where you had to, like, pull over and sleep. Actually, well, there was a little, there was a little bit of an overnight thing happening. But ultimately, we parked on the side of the road at a farm and walked, I think, seven, we think seven miles in, um, starting in that the next morning wow. after having gone in the night before you know arrived the night before being on the road and then walked that seven miles and that was a like fun adventure the seven mile trek where people were already like capitalizing on that general process and um, shuttling people um, well, like, shuttling. like the, but it there was, was more shuttling. The no, it was things. more selling beer. Like uh, there were people like on the road selling beer and pushing other beer things. on skateboards, yeah. mushrooms. 
Nice. I think like after awesome. our, they, like, it's like a seven mile down. lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're just supporting the local economy. Yeah. So, so I left from so on Thursday afternoon of that weekend. I lived in Tampa, and I was working on a campaign. And I went to the Tampa airport at like three three o'clock in the afternoon Thursday, I think. And there was like a hurricane that was supposed to come through Florida, and they hadn't come yet. And I walked up to like the ticket counter, I guess, when you still like went up there to like get to get a piece of paper to get on the plane. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Sorry, the airport is closed." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "But it's sunny. Why is the airport closed?" And they were like, "No flights are leaving until like Sunday because this hurricane's coming." So we like preemptively oh, no. shut down the airport. So I was living with three of my friends in a like apartment. So I get back and I'm like, my flight's canceled. I'm not like going, whatever. And this is like six o'clock at night on Thursday. And they were like, well, um, whatever, let's like drink some beers and hang out. So we like start hanging out. And like two hours later, they basically all chipped in and bought me a plane ticket from Atlanta to Manchester the oh. next morning, like 12 nice hours from then. Your flight leaves in 12 hours. It's a nine hour drive. You better leave right now. Oh my god. So I drove overnight and then yeah, flew from Atlanta to Manchester where I met up with my friend and then we picked Rachel up. And then it was so, it must have been actually Wednesday. Whatever. It was two days later till we got in the fucking place. Yeah. And it was a shit show. And then there was mud. Yeah. The mud was like something unlike everything you've ever seen in your entire life. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you've been to muddy places. But <laughs> <laughs> the, first, the first thing when we were walking into the show, we were traipsing through mud like up above our knees. It was like Ugh. this crazy thick heavy mud that it just didn't seem like it was okay like i felt like we we're all just gonna get stuck in the mud and that was how our lives yes. were gonna end that <laughs> we lost our i mean we all lost our if you had Everything. shoes yes. you lost your shoes like immediately yes flip-flops bowls you know there was like single lines of people going yes. across like the main would-be hangout area trying to like walk on board you can like thousands mud. of years someone's gonna go like excavate that place right. yes. yeah, and be like I, what the fuck happened here <laughs> i definitely always think Epic it's like some concert. crazy yeah i just felt like if one person freaked out because they were <laughs> on the, like bridge like just mud. it just freaked them out there could be like and a people stampede started going. And, yeah. It could be like yeah. bad stampede because you couldn't move. If someone, yeah. if people were coming, you're not that they could move, but like you couldn't <laughs> move no. at any form of pace whatsoever. It was crazy. I, I remember there being like some sort of actual mud pit, like on the way from where we were camped. I guess maybe it's because it was all cement. Yeah. And then it ended. And then between the cement and where the actual concert was, was like the worst yeah. mud pit. It was yeah, like an that was a single file thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Definitely like an obstacle course. I mean, there were points in the journey that we were like, are we really going to go to this concert through this mud? Or are we just going to go back and hang out? I like, was <laughs> definitely in the let's just go back and yeah. drink and listen to the show. Hear the show, but like maybe, you know. Yeah. Stay back a little bit. Maybe enter a little late. It was quite an endeavor to get in to see the actual music that night. So so we all got in the first day. Everyone made it for yeah. the first yeah. night. Yeah, I, I eventually had to park the car on the side of 91 and walk. And walk. Like 20 miles the fact away, too. And and also, the fact that we were all able to convene is, like, an incredible miracle because yeah. we, like, as, I mean, even as the weekend unfolded, like, getting together again, I, I mean, like, we lost each other so many times yeah. after that. Like, I don't know how we all got to the same place. <laughs> it was my cell place. phone that helped us. <laughs> <laughs> Chad has never, Chad never had a cell phone until 2012. Correct. Nice job. Thank you. So we get somehow, somehow we all met up, and so the the greatest thing to me about the weekend is that there were like fif- a group of fifteen of us all who were like great friends, and it was awesome to hang out the whole time. But then we went to this first night of the show, and we had some malfunctions physically and emotionally, <laughs> and some people fell asleep without meaning to or standing up or whatever happened. Chad looked over at Rachel at one point, and he said. At Weiss. At Weiss, and he said, because Weiss had already passed out, and he was back and hanging out, and everything was fine, and Chad looked at him and said, hey, remember that thing that happened to you? I think it's about to... And then he just was like a pile of Chad on the ground. No, I hit a dude on the way down. I fell into a guy who caught me, and he, he at first looked at me really upset, but then realized that, like, I'm, you know, I'm passed out. Like, I fell asleep on my feet. I, yeah. You know, had whatever the hell happened to me. And we then, um, 
And then I look at he goes, man, are you okay? And he sets me back on my feet. I look at like, I am totally fine. And he lets go of me. And then I just hit the dirt hard. So that was yeah. probably like an Because we lost Ray early on. And so like, I we didn't know that the same thing had happened to her because yeah. we were in a different right. group. Right, okay. So like, Wait, were we? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, at least part of the show. Because we I was that. sitting, I remember I ended up finding you guys like eight feet behind me to my right. And I remember sitting there for a full hour being like, if all I had was one sip of water, I'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. it was one But of instead, I feel horrible, and Mary has, like, two jugs of water, and I'm like, if only I knew where Mary was. Yeah. And then I turn around at the first set break, and I'm like, oh, you're there. <laughs> so and you have jugs of water, mm-hmm. and then I was great. Everyone passes out for one reason or another, and everyone's very dehydrated, and I was dehydrated too, but I wanted to go on a huge adventure because I was feeling adventurous. So I left all of everyone like Rachel was kind of passed out. Everyone's like laying on the ground. It was like it was like a, a weird like post war thing. But the so I left and I was like, like large hikes. Through, yeah, like, I'm like I'm gonna go get situations. water. And I just remember like thinking that I was on like some sort of epic jungle adventure because I was because the one thing about the way it was set up is that there were no sections. There were no like signs. There's nothing. No. It was just a huge fucking field. It was right. like I, yeah. we're on the generally left side of the field some and then it w- wasn't, of the way back. And then it turned out to not be a field. It turned out to be like a mud pit yes. of yes. disaster. The bathrooms yeah. were like a terrible yeah. nightmare. Worst. The whole thing was... So because of whatever happened to me, I didn't have a great sense of direction. And I went to the mm-hmm. water person and I'm like, I need some water. And he said, how much do you need? And I said, just give me an entire case. So I like bought a whole case of 24 bottles of water. And then I walked back to where I thought everyone was standing, and I couldn't find anyone. This is the entire first set of the show. Entire first set. I'm walking around, looking for people. Couldn't find you guys. I walked all the way back to the campsite. So I was like, maybe they just all went back because they were too, like, tired. And basically, by the time I found everyone... Which was everyone, a reasonable thing to think might no. have happened. No. But by the time I found everyone at set break... I had given out all the waters to other people who had yeah. asked, are you out just walking around giving away water? Yeah, thank you. And oh my God, I started saying yes because I like giving people water. So by the time I got back, everyone was recovered and I was so happy to see everyone. And like Chad or Mary, Rachel, you, someone was like, so where's the water? I was like, shit, I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> so for two hours of effort and walking and like hiking through mud, I had no water. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I think that... Allison had this giant camelback, and we were like, oh, my God, Allison has water. And then it was full of gin and tonics, and it was like, oh, that's the <laughs> last thing in for. the world I would ever want right now. Gin and tonics. So yeah. during the day in between the shows, I remember being like, I mean, it was really hot. Yeah. But also we had this, like, posse of, like, ten cars and all of us, and we just, like, sat there and hung out and drank beers all there day. And it was really, really actually. fun. I just remember that being like an incredibly. That was probably the most fun part of the entire thing, was like hanging out during the day with, you know, fifteen or twenty people. I think Mike rolled by us on a skateboard at one point. Did he? Yeah, I think so. Huh. I have this memory of that. Cool. <sighs> Mike, yeah. we, we were definitely with like twenty of our closest, most fun friends. Yeah. So like all the various challenges. Just made kind for good storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the music was... So, okay, so let's just talk about the music for a second. Yeah. Because basically it was the last fish show ever. Yeah. And luckily that's so not the case. so think about Yeah. Because in one week... We knew it wouldn't be the case, but... I don't think I don't think did. I didn't. I didn't. Chad and I did. I thought it was over. They <laughs> fucked up most of their songs. And yeah. The, yeah. You know. I went back on the way here, just because you had mentioned it, to try to listen and was wondering whether I... Like just had a bad taste in my mouth because the whole thing was a crazy experience, or the music was really that bad. And I listened to the first whatever six yeah. songs of the first set and was like, "Oh yeah, the music actually was that bad." And yeah. I'm sure yeah. there were some good so moments, bad. but there was major misses. Like in those first few songs, just people who weren't there know about like how bad the glide was. For instance, that's probably the worst because they mm-hmm. played. I think they, maybe the they were playing the wrong key, key. Yes. and also Trey was trying to. I mean, it's a fairly like technical song. But instead of it being like, it was just like, it didn't didn't work. I remember the music being better the second night, but I also might have had something that helped me think everything was great. (laughs) And Mary reminded me that everything was great when I was having a a down point. But (laughs) the way... Hold your RJ back off the cliff. It's okay. Thank you. (laughs) I still think about that often and really appreciate that. Um, 
songs the, are like kind of long, right? Yeah. Like, but just sort of messy and yeah, like very doing messy. Whatever they were doing and not actually being very interesting, even though they were long. And we we did a podcast like three weeks ago about like the oh three oh four years, which I've always kind of overlooked. And there are like particularly oh three and then early oh four, there were some really good like ex- explorations. But I think by the time it got to Coventry, even what we listened to last night, the ACDC bag, it was like 25 minutes and cool like but yeah that era was just it was too like well for me it was there were too many like directions and not enough like cohesiveness i don't know yeah. it just all felt pretty abstract and just messy all around yeah like, the whole thing felt it was very messy rough. yes it was all over the place it and was, you know the waiting in the velvet sea is like I probably the yeah go ahead no i was just gonna bring up that it like required i mean it's part of the it's part of the whole package is like talking about that song and like knowing what was going on with the band. Yeah, that's true. Um, at, was... the mo- at that moment and how emotional that performance was, mm, even yeah. if crappy. Yeah. I mean, no, it was like right. incredibly emotional. I actually hadn't thought about that, but it Did was really emotional. Yes. Um, Paige was crying. Yeah. I cried. Yeah. We were crying. RJ and I had our own separate thing going on. Yeah. But which was, it seemed like everyone was probably crying yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's so yeah. weird to even imagine sitting here now that that was like a moment when I thought the Fish was not going to be a band anymore. Yeah. And I did. I did too. I thought I don't so know. Too. Chad was a real skeptic about the whole thing, so I think he convinced me. He was like, whatever. This well, is like the, f- oh, it's going to be our last concert. He's like, these guys are young. They're going to need more money and want to play more music. <laughs> it's like. Well, we know that like Trey went through a particularly hard time given that he got arrested with. Yeah. Millions of drugs on him two years two years after this though, mm-hmm. and think about how fucked up he was at Coventry, and then it was two and a half years later that he got arrested. So like, that is crazy. And we saw him in the interim in Trey Band in Richmond, Virginia. I remember he like was in rough shape. Halfway through the second set, I was like, "This is you know, this isn't working." Yeah. Um, and you know, we're very like as fans of this band, we are very um, attentive to the to the band and the music, right? So like, yeah. once it starts going in a different direction. I think everyone knew by, even by, like, the beginning of 03 that things were, like, kind of yeah. weird. Um, There's just a bad energy. The whole thing was a bad energy. Yeah. because yeah. felt not nearly as nice as it had before. Yeah, because when the band is setting the tone and there's all those kinds of drugs, I mean, like, not, Fish has always been a space where people are experimenting with things, but it, it became, like, the focus of things, yeah. you know? And, and there, it also got and weirder. And it got darker. The yeah. drugs got a little darker. Well, I, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, you could get like you could buy heroin on a lot. Yeah. By like two thousand three. That's really yeah. fucked up. Maybe it was yes. by the late nineties. I don't know. I don't really Probably. Remember. I mean there was probably always a place for that, but it just seemed to be getting more and more obvious and the kids were looking really strung out and Yeah. You know. It had been building for a while. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> so Yeah, the, I mean it was physically reflected reflected in the way people's clothing changed too. We could talk about that for hours. So yeah. Really what do you mean? Put us down the rabbit hole there. Well, just I mean like, like the lock kids went from being like in flowy dresses and patchwork things to like having this like kind of skater vibe. Like mm-hmm. there were girls in Fla- and like, flat rims. Yes. And flat rims. Yes. Yeah. Lots of visors and like baggy clothes, baggy like shirts and like baggy skater jeans and like I don't know. You know, not that I have anything against skaters, but it just seemed like the character of what was all about was changing and it was physically it's totally apparent. totally changing um the so so it was like particularly like yeah the energy was just kind of bad but were there like what were the best kind of moments of it or do you guys have positive yes memories for of, sure yeah what what are some of those like what what, what did you take so, from there that was positive either then or now um, I think what Rachel mentioned before about how we all found each other despite like the epic journeys from many different places it all took to get us there and the fact that we spent many moments of the show apart from each other like we like set up a little home and went through the whole experience together and it was important to be there like Fish had been a part of our lives and part of what brought some of us together as friends and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know I think it was important to be there I didn't want to miss it even though you know I never regretted being there even once we were there and it was kind of a disaster. It was um, important to be there and important to be with all of you guys. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing that always stands out in my memory when I think about it is the last, the day after the show ended, 
Um, some people had to like run to get on planes and do different things and Chad and I were just on a road trip so we were pretty flexible and a bunch of us sat in I think our car or Zach's car? Zach's car. Zach's car. Yeah. And we just said, we're not going anywhere. Like, people who didn't have cars were liberated to go. And the rest of us with our cars just had to sit and wait for the traffic jam to clear out. All the people had to get out, get in their cars, move them off the highway before we could get our cars out of this show. So we just threw in the towel and sat in the car. And I think we watched a movie and just, like, chilled and relaxed and recovered and we also drank beers yeah we also found the local nitrous tank person yeah, <laughs> yeah mary was not saying that <laughs> we, mary, we and I, mary and i were walking around being like do you hear that where's the whistle <laughs> the sweet whistle is calling me yeah <laughs> uh, and i mean i think it's worth noting that now we're here 10 years later and there's four couples here and four babies and like you know we are as thriving as fishes now, I think. Yeah. And it's it's all like so I mean it's inevitable to bring it back to like where it is now, which is in the healthiest, yes. happiest place it's been in so long. Um that I think it's like pretty cool that I'm not saying it was like as down for all of us as it was for them, but I think I mean for Rachel and I personally it was, but there were like, you know, ups and downs and I feel like everyone, including the band and the fans right now, are like back at a high point, which is to me, unexpected. Like, I wouldn't have thought that 10 years later we'd be sitting here, let alone all of us still sitting here together and with babies. Talking about fish. Looking mm-hmm. forward to, like, summer tour starting mm-hmm. in six days or whatever. It's insane, you know? Not that you're counting. Not that I'm six counting. days or whatever, yeah. you know. Something like that. <laughs> but it's pretty cool. I don't know. It's very cool. Um, I'll never forget, like, getting dropped off at that hotel in Manchester by Zach that night finally like late that night so I think you, we took you you guys left finally in your car yeah alright because we had our own car it was like yeah. the Monday instead of the Sunday yeah. yeah and I almost got fired from the campaign I worked on which right. I didn't yeah but we lost anyway um, <laughs> but it was totally worth it 100% like I never would have regretted anything about it yeah um, and that was like you know for me you all have known each other for much longer you'd been friends for probably like seven years at that point but I had just met all of you like the year before that. Um, so for me, it was like, it was an important weekend in our whole, all of our bonding A experience. friendship. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So that's, I don't know. I guess that's the ending on a positive note because I don't know if there were other positive notes. Yeah, no, it was definitely all being together. That was the whole thing. And, and the like epic nature of it and, you know, just whatever, what Mary said. We all came out of it better than we were before. Well, Even there were a the couple rough days wasn't. afterwards. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, I just think some people listen to this podcast who are who either started seeing them in 2009 or just didn't make the trip because they were smarter than we were, or no, for or some less other reason. Than we were. But because it was that's the whole thing. I would definitely, definitely for sure would, would do, do it, it all again. Over again. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy, it but it was exactly part of the experience yeah. and. It was an important sort of part of the arc of the narrative, for sure. And like Mary said, we had to be there. Yeah. Um, we'd do it. We'd do it all over again. It would be way harder to do with babies. Oh, my gosh. And we could not do that with our babies. If there's another Last Fish show, let's not bring the babies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I will go. Yeah. <laughs> no, I completely. You know, this was, like, all about endings. And I remember so well when Fish started playing again. And um, RJ, I think you were at the first shows, but when we when I heard that music, I was on a subway in New York, and I was sitting on a crowded subway with my like iPod. Cause what year was it? Um, we didn't have two thousand nine. Yeah, iPhones. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was rocking out to those shows, and just it was so great to have them back together, and so great to remember why they had fallen apart because. Yeah. The music was so good, and it was like, oh, right, okay, this is what Fish is, and I can't wait to see them again. Yeah. And hopefully we'll all be together at Dick's in a couple months. Woo-hoo. Yes. Um, <clears throat> thanks, everyone, for joining. Um, Rachel, this is Rachel's first appearance ever on the podcast. Thanks, Yay, Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> here with Liz and Mary and Chad. Thank you guys for, for talking. Cheers. Thank you.
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. I'm Amara Jones. Every day, the attacks on trans kids grow louder, and more anti-trans bills keep moving through state legislatures. In this season of the Anti-Trans Hate Machine, we're going to illuminate how the right wing has fueled these bills by generating a breathtaking and wide-ranging disinformation campaign. It's spreading like wildfire on the internet. It's then being discussed by families and churches. None of this is an accident. It's a strategy to delegitimize trans people and create a world where existence is a question. Subscribe to season two of the anti-trans hate machine, A Plot Against Equality, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan, and this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The The Corner Corner of Gray Street. Street.